0: Hey girl, welcome back to another episode of The The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm the other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because that's basically all we do in our spare time. Yeah, if you were to discover us on a Sunday afternoon, just in the middle of deep conversation, we'd be Mm -hmm. chatting about spirit. Eating pastries, drinking lattes, and... Talking about the universe. Or possibly watching House Hunters International.
1: <laughs> While also contemplating our existence. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or at least where we would love to live in the world someday.
0: But I think something that has always been the glue that holds our relationship together, and this is something we'll talk about on this podcast, mm-hmm. DT's. is a spiritual life and being able to connect around deeper spiritual principles. Yeah, for sure.
1: Because that is really sort of become, I think, one of my core values in life. And I know it's one of yours, boo. No, mine's money. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. And you can also find us on our other podcast, The Financial (laughs) (laughs) Gift.
0: Yeah, that is definitely not our expertise. No,
1: we're also somebody help us.
0: But anyhow, uh,
1: who are we? You may be asking if you've never heard us before. Well, yeah, who the hell are we? We are husbands. We are husbands. And uh, I'm Angel Lopez. I am an astrologer. I am a film producer, an executive, and a writer.
0: And I'm Brandon Alter. I am a healer and a tarot reader and teacher, and I'm also a writer and a performer. And we are coming
1: up very closely on our year anniversary of this podcast.
0: This is our very last episode of what we're going to consider the first season of The Spiritual Gaze. Yeah, I guess, I guess it is. Because we just decided that a year is a season.
1: <laughs> right. Because a year is a season of your life. Right? It
0: was the first season of this podcast and so much has come out of it. And I am gobsmacked, honestly, and I never use that word. She never has used it before, ladies and gentlemen. How much has opened up as a result of this offering? Mm-hmm. Uh, we celebrated 20,000 downloads today. Yeah, we did. Which queen. means that... There have been 20,000 collective downloads of some episode of this podcast. Yeah. Which means that there are at least 5,000 people in the world listening. (laughs) So we'll definitely get into this more on our next episode, but I do just want to take a moment and say thank you, like from the bottom of my heart, from the marrow of my bones. Thank you to every gazer out there who has opened your heart and reached out to us and allowed this conversation to continue and to evolve and unfold. It means so much to Angel and I, and we are committed to at least another year of the spiritual gaze for sure. Whoop, whoop. So we ain't going anywhere. We hope you aren't going anywhere either.
1: Yeah, we are really grateful for this community, uh, honestly, <laughs> primarily speaking for myself, just to know that we're not alone out there, that there are others out of you out there uh, in this world who are connecting to spirit in a really powerful way, whatever that means for you, and that you are vibing with what we have to offer. So, thank
0: you. Yeah, our vibe says hello to your vibe. Hey, that's the vibe talking. Should we check in? Yeah. Why don't you start, babes? Check in with me. What's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well today. Uh, And in
1: general right now, I am feeling pretty optimistic about where life stands. Honestly, I had uh, experience with a new therapist this week, oh yes, which, uh, for what it's worth, uh, did really offer me a couple insights into how I've been interacting with myself, which I think was very Gemini season. It was a good way to kick it off, uh, just in regards to the conversation that I have with myself mm. and on some level the story that I have been subscribing to.
0: And perpetuating.
1: I'm, yeah, we talk a lot about that, the, the story of our lives and what we tell ourselves. And I think that it's so easy to get caught up in the unconscious expression Of ourselves uh, that we forget where the source of those expressions are from Uh, so I think for myself primarily even just looking back at my relationship with my self-confidence and how well I trust myself uh, those are things that really came up for me this week Uh, so I've been doing a lot of just mental work around trust and trusting that I can handle something, trusting that my gifts are my gifts and my talents are my talents, and trusting that I have the ability to express them out into the world in a way that is meaningful and purposeful, both for my spirit self but also for those out there who will come in contact with it so it's been pretty exciting for me to just kind of have a light bulb around that i'm feeling really called toward this leveling up so to speak that i've been talking about for myself a lot lately it's time for me to level up i need to take myself more seriously and that's sort of all the pluto capricorn business as well that's going on this year for everyone this need to take yourself more seriously and the changes you want to make in your life take them more seriously Uh, and I think I had that pretty covered on a intellectual level but on an emotional level I don't think I'd even scratch the surface until this week I'm really working on feeling into the change that I want to see for
0: myself and you got all of this out of one therapy session? Yeah, bitch. Damn, girl. That was, you got you got your money's worth.
1: Girl, I got my life. So we'll see where it goes. I'm excited for my next session. And yeah. also it just got me moving into other areas of my life too. So uh, we'll just continue to check in on them and see the transformation at hand for, for young Angel here.
0: Well, I love that. And <laughs> I actually love to take a moment and just talk a little bit about Gemini season because you mentioned it. And how you view Gemini season? Because I think finding a therapist, a new therapist feels very Gemini to me. Yeah. When I think of Gemini, I think it's the first air sign of the zodiac. So it's the first time we're kind of entering into the mental realm. It can be very heady, intellectual, psychological. You speak about it's the sign of communication. So all the voices in our head, all of the dinner parties that we have with ourself, <laughs> all the different characters that like to show up. How else do you view Gemini season?
1: Yeah, I mean, I always think of Gemini as the you know, sign-the-rules you know, communication. Uh, but yeah, like you said, very much that conversation that we're having with ourself. Uh, it's, I think, the basis for that. Uh, you know, it's that third house. So how we think, how we communicate within, and then how we then start to extend that out into the world. So I do feel like it, though, has a lot to do with duality. Because we talk a lot about the twins being the symbol, uh, you know, I do feel like that is the duality of self. You know, the 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 good and the bad, so to speak, the positive and the negative, the masculine and the feminine. You know, how do we uh, connect with both sides and integrate them within ourselves, and then understand how to express that out? into the world because then you have the other air signs where gemini is sort of conversation communication with the self but then also connection out you know that initial connection out into the world then you have libra which is then about real partnership that tangible partnership and then aquarius which is the relationship with the collective with a whole group of people uh so i think like you were saying about therapy it is so gemini season to to be having a a a new conversation with oneself obtaining that greater understanding of how one's mind works
0: yeah i'm definitely feeling more and more that the only thing that stands in any of our own way is ourself Mm -hmm. and so the more that you can start to get to the root of why and how you stand in your own way the more free you can be
1: completely yeah and i think You know, we will be talking about, uh, you know, relationship today. That's our deep dive. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk even more, I think, about Gemini, too, um, when we get into that, because the lover's card is the Gemini card, um, and I do think it is generally seen as just up front at face value as, oh, yeah, it's about relationship and coupling, But I feel like you, especially when we talk about it, and I'm sure you're not the only one, obviously, but there are, you know, that it, it really does talk about relationship with self,
0: right? Right. Well, I always say in a reading, if somebody pulls the lover's card, that even if we are talking about an external partnership, your relationships will always reflect how you are in relationship with yourself. Totally. So the way you partner with yourself is the way you partner with other people. Mm -hmm. There's just no way around that because as above, so below, as within, so without. And that is the other duality that I always think of with Gemini is that there's the personal and the public. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: that's why some people give Gemini a reputation for being two-faced, which is not true. It's that Gemini has this very exquisite faculty with being public and being in the public sphere and being social and being with people. But then Gemini also has a very deep personal self, internal. And sometimes they don't know how to build a bridge from one to the other.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So high vibe Gemini knows that their personal self and their public self might have different things they like to express. They might have different abilities, but they are still able to walk the road between them. Mm, and bring I mean, a little bit of the public to the to the personal and a little bit of the personal to the public.
1: And what about low vibe, would you say?
0: They're just drunk in their <laughs> own machinations. No, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to crystallize low vibe of any sign because it really depends on your shit. So yeah, that's true. I'm not gonna put that out there for anybody.
1: Yeah. Though I guess mental chaos is up there.
0: Or sometimes it's just there's not balance there. So you are either obsessed with the public life and you aren't able to self-validate or you're obsessed with your own inner personal life, navel-gazing, and there's a lack of integration into the rest of the world.
1: Yeah. I feel like there is an element of, uh, you know, we're either subscribing to the voice in our head or we're recognizing that it's a voice in the head and we're the stillness observing And I feel like low vibe Gemini can be just fully subscribed to the voice as their own and Mm. acting out from that place consistently.
0: Yeah, that's actually really interesting because if we think of Gemini as our personal air sign, the danger is that you can become a slave to your own internal monologue. Yeah, and Libra as an interpersonal air sign, you can become a slave to the other person. Yeah, and then Libras are so quick to surrender themselves for their partner.
1: Totally, and then Aquarius,
0: it's so easy to surrender yourself to the cosmic voices to become a martyr.
1: Well, and I was gonna say too, and be a slave to the collective. Yeah, exactly. So that, that need to have a relationship with the world. Uh, well, we're going to talk much more about this too as we get in, or we'll, we'll touch on it again for
0: sure. But, honey, what's your check in? How are you? Oh my goddess, how am I? I always feel so crazy in Gemini season. <laughs> uh, I feel like a hundred different people. Uh, Which one was that? I don't know. It was a couple of them coming on in. It was the chorus. Oh, do it. It was the Greek chorus of my <laughs> internal life. I'm very excited. I'm leaving in a week to go uh, participate in a two week intensive with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. Um, so, that is going to be up in Northern California. I don't know anybody there except for the teacher, who I only know peripherally. Uh, and I'm just going to be like journeying many times every day in shamanic community out in nature. I'm excited. I don't entirely know what to expect. So, I have a little bit of anxiety. Um, that's kind of all I can see right now because I can intuit that just that sort of retreat, putting my phone in a drawer for two weeks and just being present to the teachings and to nature and to myself is definitely going to shift and disrupt some of my old patterns. And so I'm just kind of allowing whatever wants to come to the surface to come to the surface. Mm -hmm. It definitely seems like there are some shadows in myself that know I'm coming for them. (laughs) And so they're starting to get, they're starting to get a little, uh, Scared, I guess. <laughs> and they're moving around. So that's kind of what's going on.
1: Well, chase them out. And this isn't your first time going to one of these retreats. So,
0: well, the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, they do weekend workshops, which I've taken a couple, but this is the first time they have a two week intensive program, which is what I'm participating in. And then they also have a three year intensive, which I think you meet for one week twice a year for three years. Mm. Um, But this is the first time. I'm doing this two week intensive and the only other time in my life when I've gone away for this much time was when I did my yoga teacher training and I was gone for 16 days. Yeah, so I remember this is definitely going to be an experience.
1: I know I'm really excited for you.
0: Yeah. And it's perfect timing cause it's Gemini season. So I'm going to be in a group with a bunch of people yeah. and there'll be lots of communication and learning and conversation. Um, So it's very exciting and it definitely feels like the axis of Gemini and Sagittarius because remember Gemini and Sagittarius are polar opposite signs and Angel thought that this axis is the axis of question and answer Mm. like Gemini is all about the questions and Sagittarius is about like the universal answer as the truth seeker. So it makes a lot of sense to be learning deeper teachings and having my own personal experience of them but then also learning kind of the the Sagittarian collective truth around these things. Oh, it's gonna be so great! Yeah, it's gonna be wild. You're gonna come back levitating. Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we're gonna
0: miss you here. Oh, well, I'll home. miss you guys. Well, we'll we'll touch base. We'll check in.
1: Yes. Shall we pop over to Crazy Town for a minute? I'd love to pop over to Crazy Town. <laughs> Which means that it's time for this
0: episode's
1: dose, dose of, of reality. reality. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, where to begin? There's so much going on in reality land, and we are still watching most of it. Yeah, we're <laughs> neck
0: deep in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in New York City, the RuPaul's Drag Race reunion. Woohoo! There's a lot of content out there, everybody.
1: So why don't we just start with the drag ladies, just speed through there. We're okay. down to the final four. Yes. Uh, you know, we have Brooklyn Heights. Yes. We have Silky Ganache. Yes. We have Acaria. Yes. And we have... Evie Oddly. Evie Oddly.
0: Who's my vote for winner? Just because I'm always looking for a drag queen that's going to push drag forwards. And that's definitely what she's doing. It's her take. It's very intellectual, but it's beautifully executed. And you're always wondering what she's going to do.
1: For sure. She's giving me like a Uranus archetype. Ooh, I love
0: that. Yeah.
1: Total disruptor.
0: Very Uranian, indeed. Mm -hmm. And while Akira is like a gorgeous queen and does a really great job... She's not pushing anything forward. She's not innovating. And so I'm like, yeah, you're doing it good, but I don't know. I mean,
1: talented AF.
0: Talented AF, for sure. Yeah,
1: but certainly not innovating. And same with Brooklyn. Exactly. Not getting anything new or invigorating, but incredibly talented and incredibly
0: gorgeous. For sure. But she doesn't have the Zaza Zoo, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. But... Silky Ganache has this Zazazu. She's got some Zazazu. <laughs> she may not be, you know, she may be a little rough around the edges beyond that, but I am a fan of hers. I know, I I know a, a lot too. of people hate on her and think she was not polished enough. And obviously everyone loved Miss Fifth Runner-Up. Miss
0: Vanjie. Miss Vanjie, who had Ms. the greatest Vanjie. exit
1: of all time. Miss Vanjie.
0: <laughs> she would not leave the stage. We're never going to get rid of her, everybody. And why would we want to? I think when you do you, to your fullest extent, you are going to generate a lot of fans, and you're also going to generate a lot of haters, and that means you're doing it right, because if you're everybody's cup of tea, then you can't be your own cup of tea.
1: Truth. Uh, Quickly, though, the ladies, if we have to flip a coin, I'd probably want to talk more about
0: New York than Beverly
1: Hills. Yeah, let's talk about- Beverly Hills is a
0: little snoozy. Beverly Hills is snoozy. All the ladies versus Vanderpump, nobody cares. Over it.
1: But in New York- Meanwhile- Speaking of contouring. Well, this week, <laughs> remember that, that look that that uh, Sonia Morgan did? No. With her hair?
0: Oh god. <laughs> She got so drunk, and then she thought she was doing something amazing with her hair, and it just looked like she got caught in like a wind tunnel.
1: Oh my god, it was so brilliant. I recommend people just looking up, even if you have no interest in this Yeah, show just whatsoever. watching
0: <laughs> Sony get drunker and drunker as she styles her own hair, just like falling in love with herself.
1: Yeah, we'll try to post a screenshot of it on our stories. But I
0: thought the most beautiful moment of this week's episode was when Bethany and Ramona had that really beautiful heart-to-heart where they opened up and revealed their own histories with abuse and the challenges they had growing up and how much they both have in common i mean they're both strong powerful women that are only strong and powerful because of what they had to surmount growing up scorpio i mean hearing that bethany's mom would take her to the club at 14 just because she didn't want to be alone yeah i was like holy cow
1: no i thought that was really beautiful too and why the show does keep me connected because i do think that every now and then there are real connections that happen. yeah and it offers you these like women of a certain age who you wouldn't normally get to see being vulnerable and powerful all at the same time i mean obviously yeah most most of the time they are kind of getting drunk or being crazy
0: but sometimes they get drunk and they open up yes
1: (laughs) also briefly there's a new season of Blowdeck deck mediterranean about to come come to shore And uh, so look forward to us talking about it.
0: Ah, darling, it's going to be so amazing. (laughs) We get Hannah back. She's coming back, darling. She's still the chief stewardess. She is. Her Australian accent hasn't changed a beat. No, it has not. Neither is mine. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God, honey. Uh, It's not going anywhere, anybody.
1: We don't want it to go anywhere. Oh, thank you so much,
0: everyone. It's such a pleasure. Eventually, we'll go to Australia someday. Ah, darling. you'll get to use it. Research and development. (laughs) It'll be amazing. Uh, More importantly, Captain Sandy will be returning. Yes, Captain Sandy. That's all I need on my television. The light and the dark of the Mediterranean. Yeah. So get into that, spiritual gazers. All right. Well, speaking of light and dark, should we head into this episode's deep dive?
1: Oh, yeah. It's time.
0: It's going to get juicy, everybody. It might get heated. What? Might get teary. Oh. Might get sexy. Oh, shit. Who knows? We'll pause it if it does. Put on your scuba suits. It's time for this episode's deep Deep Dive. dive.
1: All right, everyone, this deep dive is all about relationships. What's a relationship? (laughs) Stop. Okay. But particularly the spiritual approach to relationships, how to have a spiritual foundation within them, uh, and also how to approach them from a spirit-based level.
0: Yeah. I always call it spiritual or sacred partnership.
1: Yes. It's not just
0: having a boo. Boo. It's having a spiritual partner.
1: Yeah. And we want to say that this isn't just a show for uh, the coupled listeners out there. Mm -mm. No, this is for the single people as well. We got your back, babies. All right, single ladies. So um, we have had a lot of people asking us about our relationship, uh, how we got into relationship, but also how we navigate relationship. Intend it yeah, you know with spirituality uh, as a core value. So it just felt like an interesting conversation for us to be having. I know for myself, a lot of my astrology clients uh, who are in relationship want to talk about how to integrate it even more into their uh, their own lives. And then of course, the single clients that I have, Uh, who are out there looking are always trying to figure out how to approach it from that space. I think it'd be interesting just to hear, you know, how do you think spirituality and integrating it into yourself uh, came into play even before Angel came along?
0: Hmm. Well, what I already said about how you partner with others is a reflection of how you partner with yourself Mm -hmm. is definitely coming to mind um i had two maybe three significant relationships before you and i think that in all three of them with the exception of maybe my first relationship because i was actually 16 at the time mm-hmm. and there was some spirituality that factored into that even if it was just peripheral um there was a deep connection around protection and caring for one another and i also remember the Like, I used to give him tarot readings all the time, and there was that sort of spirituality. But then my relationship in college and my relationship after college had no spiritual sense to it. And that's because I didn't really have a big spiritual sense at that time. And I remember that my relationship before you, Angel, was this guy who had no interest in spirituality whatsoever. And my spirituality was starting to come back online. And we got into a huge fight one day because... I was reading a book on Buddhism and he was like, Why are you reading that? And I said to him, Because I'm interested in bettering myself as a person. And he looked at me and was like, Why? I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> and I just realized, Oh, wow, I've really, I've really waded too far out into these basic waters.
1: You hit rock bottom.
0: I did. And there was a lack of ability to communicate about the deeper truths uh, of our life. So I don't know if that answered anything you asked me to talk about, but.
1: Well, I think you say, you know, you always bring up the term being in right relationship.
0: I do. I do say that.
1: Yeah. And so I think to what you said in the beginning of that uh, in, you know, you need to be in right relationship with yourself in order to truly be in right relationship with another.
0: Yes, that's very true, because it goes back to what Tracy McMillan talked a little bit about on on her spirit talk, which is that if you're coming from a selfish place, you think that other people are just here for you. And that's not right relationship is just using your partners as an extension of yourself. Right relationship is how can I be here for this person in addition to how is this person here for me? But I think the biggest piece of advice I have just around relationship in general is that it's not about you or the other person. It's about the relationship itself. And that is always the third person in the room. Mm -hmm. So when you come at relationship from that perspective, oh, it's not what's best for me. It's not what's best for Angel. It's what's best for this relationship, the spirit of this relationship, this third entity that exists between us and around us.
1: Yeah, she brought up too, yeah, how the relationship, sort of the spiritually based relationship has a lot of work, that needs to go into
0: it. Mm-hmm. So to that. Oh, right. Didn't she say like the huh. degree of chemistry that you have is basically an indicator of how much work you'll yeah. be able to move through. <laughs> so yeah. lots of chemistry means like lots of karma that you're going to have to yeah, work completely. through. Yeah.
1: But I think it's interesting that if you almost look at, you know, putting yourself into a relationship or, or, you know, creating a relationship is on some level, like almost like adopting a baby, you know,
0: <laughs> you've now like brought this, entity into your life yeah because it's a baby relationship at first mm-hmm. and you're tending to this baby and learning what its needs are yeah. learning what your partner's needs are mm-hmm. I think when we met I was for the first time finally able to voice what my needs were and I had the foundations not the ceiling or any of the you know interior design but I had the foundations of who I was as a person yeah and so I was able to communicate that and voice that to you.
1: Yeah. Um, Someone recently did ask me, how did you end up with someone who, you know, just spoke the same language as you, like that you're so lucky? And I responded, yes. (laughs) A, I am very lucky. Uh, But B, I just made a point of it that it needed to be a core value for me. So my relationship beginnings were that uh, most of my relationships were pretty fleeting because I was a non-committal. The relationship I had before you, he was not really on a spiritual path, I would say, in a way that I was. Uh, wasn't really viewing the world that way. Completely respected me and my journey, uh, but I I couldn't really have that dialogue about it, you know, in a meaningful way. And so... I actually did go through this whole process with a friend of... uh, We did a relationship workbook called Calling in the One. And ultimately, what the workbook ended up being about, because we got it thinking like, we're ready to be in a relationship. So let's just try this book and maybe it's magic. And ultimately, the book was really about, well, before you can call in the, the one, the other one, you have to call in the one that is yourself. So a lot of the book was about uncovering all of our old beliefs and patterns around relationships but there was a exercise around doing like this list of what you would want in a person and for the first time i was able to create a list that wasn't at all really about external it was very much internal and i think having a partner who was on a spiritual journey and who could dialogue about it with me was number 1 or number 2 Probably.
0: I think people can get waylaid by the externals when they're thinking about a partner. Yeah. And in my experience, the most important thing in relationship is how does the other person make you feel? Completely. And they can make all the money in the world and they can be hot as fuck. But if they don't see you or hear you as you are or need to be seen and heard, that relationship is not going to be nourishing. Right. And honestly, I had one of those lists and they were all external things. And when I met Angel, I was not looking for relationship, sacred partnership or anything beyond a one night stand. I was nine months out of my last relationship. I was running around town and- A whore. I was just conscious enough To hear that quiet voice in the back of my head perk up when I first started dating Angel and it said, don't fuck this up. There is something really, really profound here and you're ready for it. But I was scared because I personally was not ready for it. But that deeper essence knew I was and things moved really quickly for us. And I also want to say that what was a shortcut for us in some ways is that we both spoke the language of astrology. And so that was the foundation for how we were able to even talk about deeper spiritual practice because we had the language of astrology, which is a gateway into spiritual practice. And on our very first date, it wasn't even our first date. It was like our first hang. We talked about astrology and we particularly talked about Gemini. (laughs) And it was how I talked about Gemini that I think made you realize that I wasn't just like some basic astrology bitch and that there was something we could really begin to explore.
1: Yeah. Well, I got that even before that. So I promise I won't tell the whole story in detail because I know I can get a little long-winded already too late. Uh, But uh, I had uh, been dating a lot before I met you. Uh, I guess also a whore about town. Wow,
0: this is all news to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But ultimately uh, sort of closed the door on that at a dinner party with some friends and I proclaimed that I was done dating and I deleted all whatever dating site apps I had on my phone. Uh, And then that night on the way home from the dinner was uh, called by a friend and said, come to this club. It's going to be really fun. And I was like, no, I'm going home. And they were like, well, Brandon might be there. And we had met a month before we'd been introduced, but there wasn't really a love connection.
0: No, we had a mutual friend that brought you to one of my Pilates classes.
1: Yes, and I'd seen Brandon before because he taught at a Pilates studio that was a block from my house. So I'd seen him there and thought he was cute.
0: You would like walk by and like look at me through the windows teaching. Yes, and in hindsight, I remember that I'd actually made eye contact with you a couple mornings when you would like walk by and like literally cruise me teaching a class, and I would be like, "Oh, who's cruising me?"
1: Yeah, I did. And he was like, oh, it's my future husband.
0: Yeah. Who fucking knew, man? <laughs> Life is crazy.
1: <laughs> so she did say, well, Brandon will be there. And I said, well, OK. And but I did feel compelled to go. And I did say to her, if there is a parking space directly in front of the club, I will come uh, because that's the stubborn horse rising I am. But sure enough, as I pulled up to the club, a car pulled out right underneath the sign of the club. So I pulled in and I parked. And a friend of mine uh, was at the front of what was a very long line and was about to go in and called out to me and ushered me over. So I went into line with him, walked right in, ran into my friend who then said, oh, good look, Brandon's here. And we waved. And that night we did connect. And we danced a lot. And then our mutual friend took us to her house and made us turkey sandwiches. And while we were talking, Brandon brought up astrology. And not in a way that, completely unprovoked. Normally, I have to be the one to bring it, or I was the one to bring it up. Uh, But he brought it up and was just talking about it pretty fluently. And I think I was a little side-eye at first because I... M Shady but I did quickly get that oh this guy actually knows astrology uh, but we didn't get that in depth on it. it no
0: because then you were like you know I think Julie was like you know he's a professional astrologer and then I was yeah. like oh well let me just put my foot in my mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was so cute that you were just talking at how confident you were and it attracted me because that was the first time I'd ever been able to have that experience really. To be able to have conversation around that with you um, on top of the fact that you were just like super handsome got me so excited. And I remember being done with that first date like, yeah, I think I I can fuck with this guy for a while. Here we go.
0: And that was almost nine years ago.
1: Oh my God, it was.
0: But I think that having, again, the language of astrology, which then became many different spiritual languages, helped us and continues to help us not take things so personally within the relationship. Yeah, And that's something just about astrology in general, that when you know what transits are happening, when you know what the energies are in the sky, you don't necessarily take everything personally and go, what's wrong with me? Why am I such a fuck up? Why am I feeling this? You can go, oh, it's Saturn. Oh, it's Jupiter.
1: Yeah, though, by the way, when we first started our relationship, I would say to Brandon, "Well, that's just my Moon in Cancer," and this, and Brandon would say, "You cannot use astrology
0: as an excuse." And I stand by that.
1: I know, but now this bitch will be like, "Well, the Moon's going through Capricorn, so," and I'll be like, "Okay, really?"
0: Well, you can't use it as an excuse, <laughs> but you can use it as an explanation.
1: No, completely. I was never using it. As, and you as can't as an use excuse? your birth
0: chart to excuse bad behavior.
1: I was never using it to excuse bad behavior. I was just using it to explain. <laughs> okay. all right maybe i used it for excuse a couple times but so do you
0: sometimes yes of course oh my god yes uh, yes but it's great
1: that we now have that common language so i do think i want to say and clarify for people listening that uh you know if you are out there meeting people looking for partners i think actually really telling yourself like that having a spiritual foundation uh, in a partner is important for you to own that value and make it a core value for yourself. And that's not to say that if you then do connect with someone or if you are in a relationship and your partner does not have that language at all, if they do respect you and respect your journey and are open to it, I think that is incredibly important as well.
0: Yeah, because I think it's important to say that Angel and I have similar languages, but we don't have the same spiritual practice. No, not at all. You know, like Angel hasn't gone as far down like the breathwork rabbit hole that I have, Mm -mm. and I haven't gone as far down other rabbit holes that Angel's gone down. Right. But we respect each other's journeys, and we respect each other as seekers, Completely. And I think that's what can help take your relationship to the next level.
1: Yeah, because you do really just need someone who is willing to engage in communication around your journey and who will respect it, who won't make fun of it. I have definitely come across people who are in relationship who say they have to meditate in hiding because they're tired of their partner making fun of them.
0: Well, and that's because their spiritual evolution is threatening their partner.
1: Whoa, go on.
0: Well, I just want to say that there are a lot of relationships. I was in one where you mutually enable each other to be your worst self where you mm. keep each other stuck at the vibration that you are. And as soon as one person starts to try to climb out of that, the other person gets terrified. And this is all pretty unconscious. Mm-hmm. And they try to keep them down where they are so that they're not left you know, in the spiritual dust. Yeah. But I think to speak to our relationship, we, and this is just something we were blessed with, y'all, maybe because we were so forthcoming with our spiritual seekings from the beginning, but we're in this relationship to push each other to grow, to challenge each other, to be our best self, our highest self, and to keep seeing what evolutions are possible, as opposed to allowing each other to get away with what isn't there. Like we make it pretty clear that each one of us has to do our best. Yeah. Or else it's not going to end well for either of us.
1: True that, sister.
0: Now, that's not to say there's a lot of compassion and tenderness, but we both have been quite strong at certain moments in our life with each other, saying, like, I think you can do better than this.
1: Well, yeah, which I think brings me to another core value, I think, in sort of spiritual relationship, which is communication. Mm-hmm. And Brandon and I, before we got married, made a active decision to go to couples therapy together. We did. Um, it had been recommended to us by friends to just have that process before you get married.
0: Also, if you're thinking about marrying somebody and you're not going to have a wedding, I highly suggest against that because the process of planning a wedding... Will show you if you are really ready to be coupled. Mm, mm -hmm. Because that's one of the reasons why we went to couples therapy in the first place, was because planning the wedding stirred up so much shit for us around our families and our friends and money and all that. Well, that's
1: why. And it had affected friends of ours who had done that. And they suggested that we do it to counterbalance everything that was coming up. And it was so helpful. Yeah, it was fab. Yeah. And I think it was a major breakthrough. For us in our relationship, particularly in our communication as partners, uh, because I think we were able to learn how to move forward from there and always speak up when there was an issue. I think as people who are out in the world uh, touting spirituality, uh, Brandon and I don't, you know, just sit in a room and meditate all day and skip through
0: daisies nobody thinks that they know that we're busy (laughs) watching reality tv
1: (laughs) that's true uh but you know we're in the muck and we we fight ladies
0: and gentlemen and we both have 12th house sons which means that our sons our egos our souls are in the house of mystery which means that we can spend days just orbiting each other (laughs) in heavy silence completely so we've had to work really hard to communicate In the moment of, as opposed to holding on to things and then bringing them up like four and a half months later.
1: No, I do think that's why communication is so key, regardless of how you do it. uh, Not everyone has to do it the way we do it. But being vulnerable and honest, I think, are certainly key components
0: to it. Vulnerability is an ability. Oh,
1: say that one more time.
0: Vulnerability is an ability. Mm-hmm. And if you can bring that or show people you're on a date with that you have access to that ability, I think you will have an accelerated process of finding sacred partnership, because people waste a lot of time pretending to be somebody that they aren't. There's a great quote, and I don't know who said it. Maybe it yeah, was, it was me, called my thirties. That Sorry, you go on. <laughs> no, just that you send your very. Like you send an ambassador the first three or six months of dating. Right. Like you send the best version of yourself that is not yourself entirely. Right. And I think Angel and I pretty early on didn't do that. Within the first six months of us dating, I was doing Reiki on you and you were sobbing on your bed when I did Reiki on you.
1: Yeah, queen, because I always is, sob when I get reiki. But that's vulnerability.
0: <laughs> no, of course. And that was not pretending that you were somebody that had all your shit together. Yeah. And I remember I said to you early on, like, I'm somebody that needs to be told every day that, like, you find me attractive or sexually appealing. Like, that is something I need. And yep. if you can't give that to me, then that's fine. Like, I'll go elsewhere. But that's one of my non-negotiable needs. Right. Yeah. And that's vulnerable. That was vulnerable for me to say, like, I need this.
1: No, completely. Which I think brings up a good point point uh that we should also talk about which is using relationship for healing Mm. because i think that can be worked in both a positive and a negative way i think some people will approach relationship even unconsciously probably usually unconsciously as a way to heal some sort of wound and that's when you can run into real problems because if you are unconsciously or perhaps even consciously using your partner as a means to heal some hole that's in your heart, then you're always going to be disapproving of them uh, and you're always going to be looking for more more validation uh, to fill it up when you need to be filling that hole up yourself. And I think that ideally what we work hard to do is to empower each other in our Journeys and in our healing processes. Though I will say that I have had to learn for myself that I can sometimes have a tendency to want to heal Brandon's problems for him and to work really hard at being present for you, honey, through your healing processes, as opposed to trying to show up as a healer or a therapist.
0: Yeah, I think that's actually really important to say. Right? Like you can't heal your partner. You can only be the cheerleader for their own healing. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're getting into relationships thinking that you're going to fix somebody so that then they're perfect for you, honey... I mean, how many people do that, right? Ooh, that they're like, job.
1: oh, well, it's just the one thing, but I'll fix it.
0: Yeah, no, you can't fix anything He's in a project. Else. You literally... A project. No, I just want to say... It's never
1: good. Mentality. You
0: cannot fix anything in somebody else. Mm-hmm. And even as a healer, I know that my client's willingness to heal is the most important thing. And if somebody comes to me and they are not actually willing to heal, I can call in all of the most powerful spirit helpers I have and nothing will happen. Right, Because you, and I said this at the beginning, you are the thing that's in your own way and you are the block to your own healing. Yeah, But partners can show up to reveal to you things that were otherwise unseen. Right. And so if you're ready, sometimes, you know, all of that chemistry is what actually shows you where you have been stuck for a long time. Yeah. And I'll just say, I think Spirit knew that I could have chased tail in Los Angeles forever. Right. Like that's one of those loops that you can never get out of. There's always another beautiful person that you want to show your genitals to.
1: (laughs) That's what Instagram's for. Yeah, exactly.
0: But if you're hungry for a deeper experience, you know, intimacy, and that's what I think we have in this relationship in a way that I've never experienced intimacy before. Again, mirrors your ability to be intimate with yourself. Yeah.
1: So I think that we mentioned at the top of the show, we were talking about Gemini. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, So I think it is really apropos that we're having this conversation in Gemini season.
0: I know. And I also just want to say I'm holding this crystal that I ordered (laughs) from India that's gorgeous. I don't even know what sort of crystal it is. It's like a clear quartz that looks like a piece of coral. And then when it was shipped to me, it broke in two, which like breaks my heart because it was a really cool shape. And I've just been like holding it so that it's like in one piece. And then I'm like pulling it apart so that it's two pieces. And it's a very interesting metaphor just about how there is our relationship which is one piece, mm-hmm. but it is composed of two separate parts. Yeah. And that is Gemini, which is that duality is the whole composed of separate parts. hmm And if you're not exploring certain parts, then the whole is going to be lacking. So, you know, there's one version of myself that was very much able to show up for random encounters with strangers, but that's not the same part of myself that had to show up in deep, intimate conversation or sex or relationship with you, Angel. And so in terms of Gemini duality, I had a lot of access to the like fun, slightly aloof party version of Brandon, but I did not have access to the deeper, intimate, more vulnerable Brandon, particularly when I had my clothes off. And that is what started to show up in our relationship so that I could lean into that other edge
1: yeah and I think for me I in the same way you could have kept you know screwing around I could have just kept dating around which was a lot of what I was doing you know no one did a first date like me I think my friends at the time would always make fun of me that like I was always going on a first date or a second
0: date well dating can be an amazing distraction
1: It was an amazing distraction. And on some level, it was easy for me to engage in very basic in what I thought was intimacy, but on a very basic level, you know, getting to know someone's sort of basic life story, which is a lot of what first dating can be, or at least certainly was for me allowed me to step away feeling like well look at me i'm open and vulnerable but i'm just not finding the right person to connect with Mm. you know or i'm not finding someone who i want to like have sex with but it was this constant uh cycle for me because ultimately i wasn't ready to get beyond the story of my own self you know it was easy for me to kind of stay at the same level so then engaging in this relationship i again because yeah there i saw a deeper doorway in on some level i was just ready
0: to go the whole way in and i'd say you were ready to release that story in a lot of ways because yes. just like astrology you can't use your story as an excuse it's only an explanation
1: mm mhm mhm um yeah and this all you know Leads me to think about what, you know, to really crystallize everything that we've been saying, you know, which is also, I think, a core element of Gemini, which is how we talk and think about others is ultimately how we should talk and think about ourselves. My
0: teacher says, if you spot it, you got it. (laughs) So if you spot something in somebody else and you're talking mad trash, guess what, baby? You got it, too.
1: Yeah. So. I think just like an interesting exercise I wanted to throw out your way, hun, is to think about just even one thing right now. Like, what is one thing you really love
0: about me? Something I really love about you and I was attracted to from the very first moment I really met you was what a big heart you have and the sensitivity that you are always so willing to offer to others.
1: Mm, that's sweet. Thank you. So I would say you spot it, you got it, that it is important for you as a person probably then to be able to close your eyes and look within and say, I love myself for how sensitive I am to
0: others. Oh wow. And haven't I learned that through this relationship? Yeah. Because your Cancer moon celebrates your sensitivity. Right. And my Capricorn moon disparages it.
1: (laughs) So I think it's important for, you know, I think it's a good opportunity for us. And if you don't have a relationship partner, but even just think of your best friend, you know, or someone you care deeply for, uh, you know, to think on like, what are things that you love about them? Because they offer opportunities uh, for ways that you need to be looking within And even sort of promoting your own self-love. Something I thought about for Brandon was, you know, I love how much you, you know, support my personal growth and my success. But when I turned that within and sort of said, I love myself for the support I give my personal growth and my success, I almost like tense up a little bit because I don't think I do entirely support my own success so for me it's important to remember to love the things about myself that i love within my partner i love that you see me as like such a sexy man (laughs) but i don't always see myself that way so i think it's an opportunity to you know take that reflection in a way like an exercise for gemini see that and take it within you know and internalize it for myself as well does that make sense yeah absolutely so something else i think that people have brought up too that i just want to touch on is the fact that we're in an interracial relationship
0: oh yeah i guess we are
1: (laughs) we are in that and i'd say for us that hasn't been a major
0: challenge or conflict no it hasn't but we're unusual And it's mostly because I'm unusual because (laughs) I am a Brown presenting white person. Like if you have seen photos of me, I'm like kind of olive skinned Mm -hmm. and I have experienced in my life, a fair amount of discrimination Not just for being gay, but for being like a brown presenting person. Like I've had people call me like terrorist and all sorts of shit like that when I have a beard and what have you. And I'll never forget like one of the first times I ever went over to Angel's house and everybody was speaking Spanish and I speak Spanish. Mm hmm. I literally had the moment where I was like, oh, my God, I'm finally with my real family. (laughs) Like, it just it just felt like home to me in a lot of ways. Right. And I know that that is slightly inflammatory to say. And that's something that Angel and I talked about, actually, that we would actually get into fights about it.
1: Yeah. We Uh, can talk about that. Oh, for sure.
0: Angel would get upset that I would refer to myself as a person of color, which I don't do anymore because I am not a person of color. I am a white person. But I have experienced firsthand a lot of the discrimination and the prejudice that goes along with being somebody who presents as a person of color. And so I have always felt more aligned with people of color than with my own heritage in quotation marks. Right. But that was, that's been my experience.
1: Yeah. I, whereas I think I'm on some level a little opposite to that because I... I'm a lighter-skinned Latin man. So for me, the connection to race uh, at times can exist on a more psychological level for me. Um, I don't think I ever fully understood my relationship with race until really like the last like seven, eight years. But my parents present very differently. My father's pretty dark. Uh, on the on the spectrum, whereas my mom's pretty light and tends to love a blonde hair, so um looks so good on her. I know, but you know, uh, but yeah. So I always kind of sat squarely in the center of that, but had no problems identifying with my race. Um, I just had problems entirely connecting to my race, which we talked a little about in our conversation with Shireen, and I'm also talking a little bit about in therapy.
0: Boricua. <laughs> you know, as we're talking about this, I think the only thing that I want to express is that if you are in an interracial relationship, like, you need to talk about it. And it's the communication around it that's going to allow you to transcend whatever those obstacles may be. Very early on, we were able to talk about and get into arguments around, like, my own race identity, um, feeling less like a white person and more like somebody else. Uh, and Angel wasn't afraid to, like, call me on my shit and to help explore this, you know?
1: Yeah, because I am a Latin man navigating the world. I'm named Angel Lopez, and that precedes me wherever I go, and that creates a certain idea of who I am. Particularly in my work life, I have had to come up against and face for me, I always walk into a room knowing that people may already have an impression of who they think I am, yeah, or how they think I will look or act. Right. Um and uh have to deal with that constantly.
0: Whereas I face the opposite, which is a lot of times people meet me and one of the very first questions they ask me is what are you? Right. Cuz they're trying to like pin me down. Mm-hmm. Or create the the box or the label that will explain my presentation.
1: Yeah. But I think you're right. That communication, and it just takes us back to everything we're talking about. And Gemini season. Hey, girl. <laughs> communication is the core
0: value there. If you can't talk about it, you ain't ready to have it. Yeah. Whatever it is. If you can't talk about your ideal sex life, if you can't talk about your ideal financial life, if you can't talk about you know, the harder things in relationship, then you're not ready to have them. And it's as simple as that.
1: Simple as that. Um, But yeah, so that brings us to talking about our sex life. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brandon's eyes just got so wide. I just died. Ah! No, the only salacious thing we're now going to talk about is the astrology of relationship. Oh, Let's just yeah. touch on that briefly. Really yeah. Uh, people are always asking, well, how do I astrologically know who I should be with? I mean... At the end of the day, it really is the combination of those two charts and the synastry. I don't feel like there is necessarily a cut and dry prescription. No, not at all. But I would say that there are certain places you can look for. Whatever rules your seventh house is called your descendant. It's that opposition to the ascendant. Uh, And that tends to represent on some level the type of person that you're attracted to the qualities that you're most attracted to Uh, so it could be helpful to take notice of what house rules that seventh
0: so for example my seventh house is ruled by libra Mm -hmm. and libra is one of the two signs that are ruled by venus an angel as a Taurus rising exhibits a lot of those Venusian qualities. So it would make sense that I'm attracted to angel as a Taurus rising mm-hmm. because of my seventh house Libra placement.
1: And my seventh house is Scorpio, <laughs> which makes lots of sense because Brandon is he in, isn't as intense as fuck. I am intense as fuck. <laughs> I have Saturn
0: and Pluto in Scorpio.
1: Yeah. So, and my
0: south node in Scorpio. So. Yeah. So I'm an I'm a, like an honorary Scorpio sometimes.
1: and I'm not afraid to play.
0: She's not. We're gonna pull a card and we're gonna end this very long chatty Gemini season
1: episode. Hey, Gemini. But yeah, but before we pull the card, I do just want to say, um yeah, this was just a introduction to talking about uh, spiritual based relationships. So please feel free to reach out if you have other questions or comments or want to have further conversation on the subject. We're all ears. Brandon, what deck are you using?
0: This is the Voyager Tarot, which was designed by uh, this PhD, and it's a very intellectual deck. It's also, uh, the images are all made of of collage, so it felt very Gemini. Here's the deal, y'all. I'm shuffling the cards already, so just connect to the cards, and then know that this card will resonate for you no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this podcast so the card i pulled for us is the star (gasps) yay so the star is one of the major arcana cards connected to the sign of aquarius and it really is about the cosmic realms it's an invitation into deep self-care which is more than just getting a manicure it's about moving into healing and moving into your own inner wounds that need to be addressed And Gemini season is a really great time to acknowledge what sort of psychological wounds are there, what sort of old stories you've been impaling yourself on for years and years and possibly generations and generations. Something we forget is that because we inherited some of these stories, your parents inherited them too. Maybe your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents inherited those stories. And so when we heal ourselves on a personal level, Gemini We heal ourselves on a collective level, Aquarius. And so the star is here to say, stop, drop, and heal. The hardest thing about the star is that you can't do it in the grocery store. (laughs) You got to take some time to sift and to sit with yourself and to cry and laugh and scream and give yourself permission to express those deeper wounds that need to be expressed. So wherever you are in your process of healing, I would just encourage you to recommit to it and know that just in your intention to continue your journey of healing, you are already healing and the universe will bring you the people, places, things and situations that you need to further illustrate, illuminate and help you encounter your wounds and your healing more deeply.
1: Beautiful, babe.
0: As always, thank you so much for tuning in, for opening your hearts and your third eyes to this podcast, to this offering. A big thank you to each and every one of you gazers. My heart says hello to your heart. Ditto. A big thank you to our neighbor, Carl, the living embodiment of the spirit of technology who makes sure that we are seen and heard and transmitted throughout the internet radio waves.
1: A thank you to Justin Simeon for his interstitial music. You can always find us at The Spiritual Gaze on Instagram or Spiritual Gaze on Twitter. You can also email us at thespiritualgaze at gmail.com. Please, if you haven't yet, make sure to rate us and or leave us a
0: review. And or share this podcast. Yeah. Let somebody know that you like it. Maybe they'll like it too. Help us grow the spiritual gaze. Please. Until next time. This has been your transit through the the spiritual gaze.